Hello everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast. Kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and fix this next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, I'm joined by a guest that I am so pleased to have on today's podcast. And listeners, today's guest gave such an inspirational presentation and such a high-quality presentation an event I went to uh, in December 2022, just a, a month or so ago, that I just knew that I had to get Sebastian on this podcast and bring the value that he gave me at that presentation to you, the listeners. So let me tell you a little bit about Sebastian. He's the founder and CEO of the global multi-award-winning martial arts organization, the Warrior Academy, which is the largest academy in the United Emirates. I think I'm getting that right. U-A-A-E, is that right? Yeah. Um, The Warrior Academy is currently responsible for mentoring over 3,000 members per week. In 2022, uh, he founded the Bates Foundation, a global charity responsible for sponsoring and mentoring thousands of orphans and underprivileged children, primarily in developing countries, while providing inspiration and employment to locals. And it was that part of the story, listeners, that really triggered the the personal side of Sebastian. I know we're going to get an insight to today. When I saw the images of him helping those um children uh, along I think with uh, his father as well it was you know such such a an inspiration and outside of the business and martial arts world um, he's also a former extreme sports athlete with over 500 base jumps and skydives now Sebastian welcome to today's podcast good to have you here thank you so much for having me great to see you again now I've, I've got to share one very quick story just before we get into the coffee chat uh, I've got a real fear of heights. So I decided many years ago to overcome that fear by doing things that challenged it. So um, abseiling, and I decided to do a tandem skydive. But I suffered terribly from motion sickness. Right. And when I heard your story about the base jump, you know, I loved the free fall. Absolutely loved it. You know, uh, and my, my latter thing to overcome fears was flying helicopters, which uh, is also something I love. But I love the free fall bit. But when the parachute opened, that was a disappointment for me because that's what made me feel ill. So oh, actually, oh no. yeah. but somebody somebody did say to me, you do actually have to have the parachute bit at the bottom. Otherwise, it doesn't end well. And of course, there was your story, oh, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> you won't have enjoyed it the whole way down, that's for sure. No, um, no, definitely. You, you definitely not. got you definitely got one up on me. I've, I've never done a tandem skydive. Um, actually, I, I I would probably find it more scary to do a tandem skydive than doing a normal skydive. Yeah. Uh, just because I feel like you've got no control then, right? You got you're strapped onto someone. It's it's all on them rather yeah. than it being all on you. Um, but yeah, I can tell you, I can tell you later that. And with with the motion sickness, I think um, I guess it's you know when you're when you're falling through the air at 120 miles an hour, you haven't got time to be. To, no. to feel sick you're too busy you're no, no. Overwhelmed <laughs> by what's right. going on around you it's you're going pretty fast towards the planet right that's so right. um it's only when you slow down you you got that slow motion you start to under canopy i can imagine it yeah yeah, yeah. it's awful yeah the guy that i was attached to didn't appreciate <laughs> me throwing up 
five oh, times on the way down. So yes, if he ever listens to this podcast uh, again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Amazing, amazing. So you've I mentioned in in the middle of the the bio, uh, obviously the work that you do with the global charity, the Bates Foundation, and that must get you traveling around all the different parts of the world. And that also made me think about coffee and we had a guest that was introduced from the lifestyle business summit michael hale who uh imports ethiopian coffee and we were talking just before the recording started listeners about the fact that you know again i'm drinking a starbucks pod coffee um that's what i've got today and i've actually got a little bit of honey in it because my my throat's a little bit sore so i'm trying to keep the throat going today tell us a little bit about the coffee that you've got sebastian and uh, and why you're drinking it so for me, I, I mean, you're probably going to find this pretty pretty dull compared to some of your uh, your guests, I, I guess. But it's a it's a classic kind of medium roast Italian coffee. Just a right. just a um, you know in a cafeteria. Job done for me. It's right. I try and have one coffee a day if I can. And I up until a couple of weeks ago, I was I was having it as soon as I wake you know I woke up. And yep. now I, I really make a conscious effort to wait 90 minutes and then have it. And that's, a, that's got a massive effect on me from a, an energy point of view. Your, your body basically wants to try and wake itself up. So it's got an internal system to do that. And when you have coffee, as soon as you wake up, it interrupts that. So yep. what I found is by delaying it 90 minutes, I've got sustained energy throughout the day. And the coffee is just the, the bonus on top. And, you know, for me, I try and have it just before I train. So it's, it's a very practical side for me, coffee. Yep. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's black coffee, no milk, none of this stuff on top, perfect. just straight up. It is what it is. Yeah, perfect. And and it's it, it is um, strange. Most of the people that we've talked to on this podcast, you know, and we're we're up to two hundred and ten episodes now. A lot of people drink what they drink, either for a purpose such as such as yours. So we had somebody who was having treatment for cancer and was taking a particular mushroom coffee to help with the recovery of cancer. Uh, but most people do it because it's what they like. Mm. It's not because of the snobbery around, is it the right bean? Is it the right thing to drink? It's actually because of what I love drinking. So if we do it for purpose or for love, then, then I'm all with that. Yeah, interesting. So tell us a little bit about something that you've been working on most recently that you want to share with listeners in, in your own business. You know, you've got the Warrior Academy, you've got the Bates Foundation, What's been something that's been most significant uh, in recent times for you that you'd like to share? Um, I guess what, one of the things I'm working on now from a, a personal point of view, you know, having, having grown the business to a point where we've got around 50 staff around the world, uh, probably be approaching 60 in the next month or so, um, operating out of, you know, 10 different offices in three different continents and lots of cities. Yep. Um, getting to that point as an entrepreneur you do a lot of functional work, right? A lot of your work is, you know, you wake up and you know you need to do A, B, and C. There's a the marketing stuff you do. You know, there's the sales stuff you need to do. There's the operations stuff you need to do. And I think now I've got to the stage within my own business where I'm moving away from functionality, right? And I'm now moving into vitality. And actually the decisions I've got to make are much, much bigger, but I've got to put a lot of emphasis and focus onto, onto making sure that I'm not in a stressed position when I make those decisions. Um, you know, one of my mentors explained it to me, uh, they explained the difference between functional and, and vital um, with uh, a, a really good example of a, uh, a can opener, right? So a can opener is a very functional uh, piece of kit. It gets its value from doing its job. Its job is to open the can and, it's, and, and that's really important. 
Um, so it's a very functional, but it gets its value from the function it has. Whereas a piece of art, like the painting behind me, is is you know it doesn't have a purpose. It doesn't have it doesn't have a function, right? If you ask yeah. that piece of art what it fun- what its function was, it wouldn't give you an answer. Um, but it can play a vital role in whatever it's doing, right? That piece of art could be something that people come to see or that they enjoy or that gives people a certain feeling or that it's something people leave and they remember. Mm. And so I think when you when you go through entrepreneurship, you go through this stage of being functional and eventually moving into vital. And um, so I'm now experiencing that shift. You know, I've got an amazing team, which, you know, through lots of trial and error and really working to find the right people we've now got. And looking after that team, I've got an incredible leadership team. So we've got people who look after the marketing, look after the sales, look after the operations, and that's their primary role, right? And so for me now, a lot of what I'm doing is looking at where the where my vital work comes in. And it's things like high-level networking, speaking to investors, having that odd chat with that royal family that's coming in to visit us. It's As you, you know, do. As you do, right? Well, <laughs> in the Middle East, yeah, as you do, it, it does happen, probably a bit more than the UK. Um, although the royal family is a bit of a sore, sore spot for the UK right now, so we, we don't need to talk about that. No, 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 um, no, we won't mention that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it, it's it's spotting vital things and making sure you're ready to help with that, um, as well as telling the story. So, you know, you mentioned uh, the talk I did in London. A lot of what I'm doing now is telling stories about how the Warrior Academy started, about character development, about the people that make up the Warrior Academy and our organization and why they're important and the impact they're making. And, and I think to be relatable, you've got to be sharing stories and incredible stories of, you know, the, the difficult times, the good times, the challenges, how you overcame those, the resilience that you built. And, and I think that's how you can grow a following, a following to, to ultimately bring the attention to your business. Right. And so for me, my the big shift that I'm now experiencing is is towards storytelling and, and, and sharing what we're all about to the to the wider world. And really, that means representing something. So for me, what I'm representing is the importance of character development in a young person's life and how that influences the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's I think, again, stories are, are what this podcast is all about. Uh, and it's important to realize, listeners, that. Yeah, when I listened to Sebastian do his presentation down in London and tell his story, I thought, wow, this is a guy who has told this story time and time again, you know. And then you told me just before we started that that was the first time that you'd done that. For those that are listening to this podcast and thinking, yeah, I feel I have a story to tell, but how do I get it out of me? And then how do I get it so that it's a great story to listen to? Are there any tips or hacks or things that you could share on both of those aspects? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing I find is that, but first of all, we're, we're all sitting on a story somewhere within us, right? A story of who we are and why we do what we do. Um, ultimately, if you are the sort of person who's created a business or you are trying to share value with the world, that normally comes a place of you've been through something to either give you the skills or the experience to do that in the first place. So for me, the the first thing is understanding and realizing that people could actually benefit from your story. And the next thing is, I think, I think it takes a lot of courage to to tell a story. Um, You know, when I, when I, um, I've given a lot of workshops, right. I do a lot of workshops, mostly for parents. And when I, when I deliver a workshop, I talk about something specific, let's say it's confidence. It's a lot easier to do that if you don't talk about yourself. But when you start bringing in things like, 
after four years of going through bullying when my confidence was, was completely shattered and you dive into the pain as a young person experiencing bullying and then the pain of looking at your parents and you know seeing their the hopelessness and helplessness in their eyes that they then experienced suddenly your story is far more relatable far more powerful um, and so from my perspective and um, it takes a lot of courage to actually dive into your past and extract uh, in a lot of deep work and introspective work to actually extract the value and then present it in a way um, that people can actually benefit from. And the other thing I would say is whenever I tell a story, it's I, I try not to present it as I'm the hero. Here's what I've been through. Look what I've overcome. I'm the hero. Yeah. It's really important that when you're telling your story, you're doing it to benefit other people. Yeah. So really what you're trying to say is I've been through this. I made lots of mistakes. I had lots of hard times. But through that, I learned these lessons. I overcame that. And looking back, now that I've gone that, I now know that you could do that too. And other people could do that too if you do these three or four key things. Yeah. And, and I think for anybody listening to this, and I know I've mentioned this uh, this book before, Donald Miller's Building Your Story brand is exactly about that, isn't it? You know, we are the Obi-Wan Kenobi to the Luke Skywalkers. We can use all of our experience and the lessons we have in our lives to help other people be the heroes. The donkey to Shrek. I think was one of the best yeah. examples that I, I heard. Um, and I think you're right with with the courage because, you know, a lot of people that share their stories, there's always something that they've had to overcome. And mm. that's an admission that they got something wrong or something wasn't right, or it's a working through that weakness. And, you know, one of the things I saw in the strength of the presentation that you gave, and it was, yeah, it still sticks in my mind, was that point where you talked about amputating your feet and saying to the surgeon you know let's take these off you know and that that the impact of that and that decision point where you got to where you were contemplating that uh mm. yeah that's something that you have to have the courage to talk about yeah is, yeah. is there any insight into i don't want to go through the whole story because that's a whole new presentation and you can tell us where to find out more about that by all means but how were you feeling at that moment and how sharing that, how does that have an impact on others? Do you think? Um, to be completely honest, um, if you're, if you're, if you're telling a painful story, you've got to, you've got to get so used to telling it that you're actually able to do it in public. Um, you know, for, yeah. I would probably say for two months leading up to that talk, I was delivering that talk to myself twice a day. Yeah. Good. Good. Right? So, yeah. so, so I'm, 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 you know, the, the, there, there are presentation notes on slides, but I had memorized the entire 30, 40 minute talk, right? Yeah. So for me, it was it was ingrained in my mind. Just the pictures then gave me the insight of what I needed to talk about. And I think this is the other thing when it comes to presenting a story is to really make it compelling, you need to be the expert in delivering that story. And there's there's knowing your story, having the courage to tell it, making it all, and then there's all the techniques about making sure that it's about, not just about you being the hero, but about other people and all that sort of stuff. And then there's being really good at presenting it. Um, and I, I've got a great um, um, public speaking coach uh, called John Bates, and he's been responsible for uh, training up people for incredible TED Talks around the world. And um, one of the things he said to me was, you know, tell me three or four of your best stories. This is when I, you know, early on in, uh, in my work with him. Tell me three or four of your best stories. And of course, I came up with three or four of my best stories, which I feel are things that people could benefit from or I feel that I've been through and, you know, that would align with my values and, and what yeah. I'm doing in my business and stuff. And um, 
basically origin type stories, yeah. Yeah. And um, and he said, you know, your stories, your stories are, are amazing, but your presentation's only good. And so he's pretty blunt, right? But that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Um, and what he would say, what he would say to me is, it's a bit like um, eating at a restaurant, right? Imagine you go to a restaurant and there's this incredible view, right? You go down and there's this incredible view of the sea and the the beach, and then you know, you know you've got all these amazing expectations, and then suddenly the food comes and the food's kind of average. The whole mm. experience goes down. Yeah. And so what he taught me was that you know in that instance. You know the 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 environment you're in, the view are the the stories, but the food is the presentation, right? The food helps you experience that, and that is how you present the story helps you experience it. So there, there are two things at play here: having good stories, understanding how to construct them, and then presenting them in a way that's compelling and not about you. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I need to ask at this particular point then, and we'll find out how more people can connect with you and look at what you do, but. Um, where can people find where's the best place for people to go to hear your stories then uh, if you go to my um my youtube account we've we've featured that speech at the top uh because it, it oh, pretty okay. much gives you a, a 30 minute background about me and uh, we can give a yeah. link in this in fact um, yes please yeah yeah we'll, we'll even, share it in the show going, yeah even just going to uh instagram seb.bates um and you can you can then find all of my social media content there and there's, there's a link in there in the, in the bio there which links you directly to that that video as well perfect so listeners, you know where to go. And I I cannot strongly enough recommend going and doing this uh, and checking out these stories. So great. Yeah. So we know where to go. So you, you've you also got the, the the Bates Foundation, which was part of, of that story. What, what kind of impact has this functionality to vitality and the Bates Foundation, which I should imagine is part of that? You know, that's, I can see that that's a vital part of the work that you do, the Bates Foundation. What kind of impact has that had on the people involved in it and on you as well? Yeah, so, so the Bates Foundation came from an idea. And the idea started, I would say, five years ago. Um, we, I was running an organisation in the UK, the martial arts organisation in the UK, and, and the Warrior Academy was mostly rural England. And... I wanted to give back to the community. I knew that we had an incredibly powerful program, but I wanted to help local students who were going through really difficult times. Um, a lot of them couldn't afford the training or they were going through difficult um, times at home. Um, ultimately, the Warrior Academy came from, you know, the, the first club of the Warrior Academy was uh, a martial arts club. It was a Thai boxing club for adults, well, mostly young men, sort of 16 to 19 year old young men. And, you know, the, I guess the seed was planted for me then because these guys came from very disadvantaged backgrounds. The War Academy was born through that because we saw the impact our training was having on them. It, we turned their life around. And what I realized is as we started to focus on younger students, we had 500 kids or so in the UK. We, we really wanted to help those who couldn't access the training. And so I empowered the team to be able to offer free tuition to any student they wanted to. And we had a criteria, internal criteria that we looked at and said, okay, cool. Do we think this is the right person for it? Yes. And then we would give them three to six to 12 months of free tuition and mentoring. Great. And the power of that was massive. Uh, you know, we were we were partnering with a welfare officer to help um, introduce us to, to people who were going through difficult times at home. We partnered with the British Army so that when the, the parents went away for six months on tour or whatever, we could then help them. We partnered with a children's hospice 
Um, so we were actually mentoring children, siblings of children who were terminally ill, because when that happens, all of the parents' attention is on the child who's terminally ill because they are doing everything they can to look after them. And so a lot of the difficult transitions the siblings go through, bullying, adolescence, changing school, are kind of forgotten, or not forgotten, yeah. but they haven't got the energy and the, and the time to look after yeah. that. And so they go through that often silently. So we came in there to mentor them through that. Um, we had one incident where a, a parent emailed in, or wrote in actually, to say that um, the child that we were helping, her, her child, who was going through severe depression and was suicidal, um, you know, we literally saved her life. Um, so we've got these incredible stories, which internally, we never advertised this. We just kept it internally. And it and it really lit a fire in our team. And it was the <laughs> it formed the kind of backbone of our mission and vision with the Warrior Academy. And so what I realized was that if we wanted to impact the world and bring this to more people, we needed to also be commercially successful. Once you're commercially successful, if you're driven by a, a really deep purpose, you're then able to make a much, much bigger impact. If we had said, right, you know, back then, 10% of our students were on scholarships. If we had said 50% of our students were on scholarships now, you know, five years later, we'd be impacting less lives, believe it or not. But the yeah. fact that the, the commercial side of the business has grown, now we're in a position where 2,000 students are paying members and another 2,000 are on scholarships. And so the Bates Foundation concept came in um, about a year ago. Um, with that as the background leading up to this, um, I wanted to take this globally. At the time, we were in the UK and the UAE, and we had this amazing feeling of making an impact through the scholarship that we were giving out. Yeah. And so, you know, in, in my thoughts, it was a case of, well, what if we could take this amazing idea of mentoring and a scholarship program to not just students in the West, but students in some of the most, you know, deprived areas on the planet, slums, homeless shelters, orphanages, and so on in developing countries. And so for me to, to, to do that, I really needed to find someone who shared the same passion, who yeah. had the experience in organizing mass global projects, um, but also had a real passion and vision for working with young people. And so then I, I had a good look and I realized my dad, who was uh, at the time, he was regional director of one of the largest charities in the UK for the, for the army. Um, you know, he, he, was, he was potentially looking for another job. I pitched him the job. And I said to him, you know, let's build a let's build a business that outlives us. That's got a hundred year vision, and yeah. um, or not a business, a charity, and um, and that's exactly what we did. And I said to him, look, within the first three years, we want to expand this um, from zero students, you know, or, or just uh, yeah, zero students in developing countries to half of our students in developing countries. So one paying, one scholarship, and the reality of that is we we cracked within six months. Um, you know, wow. we we uh, we partnered with orphanages and the slum, uh, you know, um, orphanages and slums and homeless shelters in in Kenya, Nairobi, in the Karoo, in the north. Um, I flew in with my dad and we did a road trip across Kenya. The uh, the the cheap <laughs> Toyota hire car we had just almost packed out a few times. Had to do a couple of garage trips halfway, but we managed to get it to yeah, survive. Yeah. Thirty hours of driving cross country through national parks, but we got to these really remote areas. Um, and one of the one of the incredible stories from that was from a homeless shelter in, in Thika, which is uh, just sort of 30, 40 minutes outside of Nairobi. And um, to give you an example of the situation we've got is, you know, we walked into that homeless shelter and it was a pigsty converted yeah. into a temporary school. And it's a transition center to take street kids off the yeah. street and into education. But you can't just take a street kid 
from the streets to education because they'll run away again. Yeah. Um, what you have to do is you've got to transition then. Medically, you know, a lot of these guys are guys and girls are malnutrition. So they need to yeah. give them, you know, proper food, nutrition, healthcare. Um, and the other side is educationally, they can't, they can't keep up. So they try and give them the basics. Um, and they also try and give them a lot of love and care because they've never experienced that. So you've got these very, very troubled young children who are going through this transition center. And one of the things we noticed is that, you know, they're only allowed, I think the government allows them to have six months in the transition center before they have to go to school. So they've got a six month window. And what they typically find is they go through that, they go to school and then they drop out again. And so the challenging thing there is how can we come in and help these children? Um, and so ultimately what we realized is we can build something that changes the way they think. When we started giving out martial arts uniforms to these children and took them on a, a journey to earn their black belt, when a child puts on that uniform, they're not, they're no longer a street kid in Nairobi. They're a martial artist, right? Yeah. And children have incredible imagination. So what I love about that is they started to think like martial artists and that dictated the way in which they, they were making decisions about their future. You know, for the first time ever, we said, here's your eight year journey. Here's what, it, here's what the yeah. next eight years looks like on your black belt journey. Yeah. And suddenly it was like they had someone believing in them. And so our long-term plan with that is they do, they're doing training every single day for six months with us. Um, we've got an amazing instructor in this one particular club. And when they go to the, new, the schools, when they transition into, we're going to have other clubs in those schools. So the journey for them continues. And then yeah. because they've had that six-month intense training, they get given roles like assistant instructors or leadership roles. So immediately wow. they're empowered. They go through this yeah. transition center. They're not just another street kid who's gone through transition into full-time education. They're now an assistant instructor in a school empowered to, to help other children achieve what they've achieved. And so for us, the longevity is there, right? Because now yeah. they're on this mission, they're on this journey. Um, and, and so that's a, an inspiring mission for us to build, yeah. not just in you know in, in kenya but now we're in the pool we've got over you know a thousand students in the pool right now uh, we're looking at sri lanka uh, next month we've got india coming up we're a we've got conversations in in uh, in south america as well so so really our, our goal now is within the next year to be in every single um you know populated continent yeah and and listeners i think just by hearing that now you will know what i said at the beginning why i had to get sebastian on this podcast what an inspirational story and you know it's it's about inspiring us that are listening to this as well. I think, yeah, that's what you've just done there, Sebastian, is I think there's a couple of things in there that I just want to pick up on. I think the first thing is that that hierarchy of needs. Many business owners will be listening to this, and we start with good intents of building a legacy. But we have to put our own oxygen mask on first. We have to have a successful business so that we can have that impact and make that, that legacy. You know, we've got to look at that hierarchy of needs to be able to do what you've done there. And I'm and I'm so pleased that you've done that and, ach and achieved that. I think the other thing as well that you've mentioned is the belief, not in just somebody that you took off a street uh, in this in this process where they take the street kids off, but it's showing the belief in people for the journey, isn't it? And I think very often when we look at ourselves and when we look at our teams, there is a moment of belief but there's not a consistency of belief in us and in the people that we have. And I think you've shared something so important there that any of us that have a team, any of us that are responsible for mentoring and coaching or whatever we're doing, 
we have to have that consistency of belief throughout the journey and show them the journey. And yeah, I mean, the belt system, you know, one of my coaches, Tacky Moore, he has a black belt program and, you know, we all want to go up in the belts because you see that progression, don't you? You see the journey that you're heading on there and you're, you become passionate about reaching those goals. So thank you for sharing that because one, it's great to hear what you're doing in these underprivileged areas, but also I think there's so much that we can do in our own lives and our, our own teams as well. And, Everyone listening to this should go out and do something in themselves with their teams and in their local community, just on some of the key points that you said there, Sebastian, definitely. If we did that, this podcast would be a success, wouldn't it? It'd be a raving success if people just did a little bit of that. I mean, one of the things that really lights me up is, you know, when you, when you, when I look at what we're doing in the Warrior Academy, um, most, most parents send their send their kids to a to a martial arts class to learn martial arts right mm. and one of one of the things that i always say is our legacy at the warrior academy won't just be what our students do in the dojo it will be what they do when they leave yeah ultimately you know we don't just want to say to students you know we want to build your character develop their confidence their conduct their concentration give them a black belt all this incredible stuff we want them to go out and feel like they can and perhaps should impact the world for good. And a lot of that comes down from perspective, right? So, you know, the, the way you in which you, you train or teach a child, um, you can show a child and they'll remember something. But if you really involve them, they'll grow up feeling like that's normal. And we've all yeah. got experiences, that, you know, when we we're younger, where we've been involved in something and that's just been the way we do things. And so what we're doing in the Warrior Academy is, we are uh, by having a every paying member linked with a, a student on a scholarship in a developing country we've now got that built in it's just what we do it's the way we do things yeah. you know in the in the west as a small business a student pays us and as part of that it's normal to be helping someone else on the other side of the planet but how do you make that tangible for students one of the things you alluded to was the belt system right mm-hmm. when a student puts on a new belt it becomes it's very tangible it's a physical belt right and so that's that's very motivating for them. It creates drive over time. How can we do that with teaching a student that they that they can make an impact, right? And so one of the things we're doing is we're saying to students, well, your uniform, when you put that on, was an identity. You became a martial artist when you put your uniform on. Yeah. So now what we're doing is we're saying to students, if you want to pass that on to another student in a developing country, you can give us your uniform, and we will then send that to one of the homeless shelters in, in Africa that we're working in. Wow. And a student like the one I was explaining there yeah. in a homeless shelter in a transition center would get a uniform from a, a student from the West. Let's call him George. He gives his student, he gives uh, Andrew, the boy in the, in, the, in the homeless shelter, a uniform. He puts it on and he becomes a martial artist. And so they're literally passing on you know, this new identity. And they then see a video of them receiving this uniform. And it's all part of our global sustainability program as well. And students then feel a real part of this. They're connected to this global impact. Now you teach that to a student who's four years old, you make that normal and you take them on an eight year journey where they see the impact of that as a small business. And I think you really plant the seed. And I think if we do that with thousands of kids a week, which is what we're doing, you know, it's amazing for me to just to kind of think, what are these guys going to do in 10, 15, 20 years with their own businesses? With their own, you know, charities, their own projects, what are they actually going to do? Yeah, and imagine the families that they're going to have, and those skills and life skills and the behaviours that they're going to build into those families. Well, yeah, what what a, totally. what a difference! It's, 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 it's this concept which compounds, right? Like when you, yeah. when you can't see the confidence in a child, you know, if I if I improve a child's confidence, 
over time yeah. that compounds because they make better decisions, right? Yeah. Their self-esteem increases, they make better decisions. And it's the same thing what we're doing here, right? If we can teach a child that they should make a global impact, just think about the the way in which that compounds with you know tens of thousands of kids that we teach. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the way you're joining the you know that the West and the people who are paying into the people that you know are underprivileged as well that need that help. So um just remind us where we can best go to connect with you, find out more about you. Is there anything you want to direct the listeners to? And then I'll ask you to share the the final listen lesson or tip. We're giving us so much anyway, as all our guests do, but it'd be good to take some some final lesson from you. But where where can we go to connect with you again? Just remind us again or anywhere specific. Yeah, sure. So there's a few different places. Uh, SebastianBates.com. Yep. Um, that's the website. Um, you can book a call with me there. Um, you can email ea at sebastianbates.com if you want to do any bookings for talks or podcasts, that sort of stuff. Um, Instagram, seb.bates. Um, those are probably the best, the best places to, to get in touch with me. Okay, great. And the Bates Foundation, if people want to look at it, is, is, there, is there anywhere separately or do we find that through the links? Yeah, the, so, well? so thebatesfoundation.com. Right, great. Nice and simple. Love it. Easy. And we'll make sure those uh, links are in the show notes, listeners, uh, as well. So fi- final lesson, you know, you're thinking about the listeners uh, and some of the things that you shared with us already, you know, and most of them either are looking for something lesson in business or, or, or lesson in life. And I think, you know, the combination that you've brought of both, you know, your life stories into the business as well. If you could share something with the listeners today, what would it be that they can go away and do something with? Because that's what we want them to do, don't we? Mm, yeah i think that's that's super key right like um we spoke a little bit before the call about implementation and yeah. implementing and i think one of the one of the one of the greatest shifts for me was getting a mentor um you know one of, one of the one of the, the things for me is when i when i look at my role in how i look after my team i've really got to have a, a vision for each individual person have you ever had a um you know a mentor who believed in you when you didn't believe in yourself Oh yeah, several times. Right, and 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 sometimes I ask people that, and they say no, they haven't had someone believe in them. And so, so sometimes when I when I look at how I can help other people, I look at it from a point of view of, you know, what do I believe they can grow into? And so when I look at my team and my staff, I have a vision for each person, um, which often exceeds their own limitations or vision. Yeah. So that, that's that's from a leadership point of view with mentoring, but from a um, certainly from a, a point of view from a how can a business owner implement that? is seek a mentor. It, I can't tell you how important that is. Um, it's amazing how much information we take on and how little we implement of it. And when you have accountability and it's worth paying for accountability, when you do pay for accountability, it's almost like saying you're going to implement 50% more of the stuff that you take on because the mentor is going to be on your back saying to you, have you done this? Have you done that? Have you set your targets? And we spoke a little bit about compounding, right? And the compounding effect of the small seeds you can plant when you're educating someone. Sure. And for me, the compounding effect of mentoring and accountability is absolutely massive. You think it's it's guiding you and directing you in the right direction. And uh, that was an absolute game changer for me. And I've had some incredible mentors, both in business and martial arts in, in everything in life. And most recently with public speaking as well. And the, the impact of that is absolutely massive. So seek a mentor and focus on one good mentor at a time. Don't have several business mentors. Yeah. Have one mentor. Treat it like martial arts, right? When, you, when you're a martial artist, you follow one way of thinking. You become the expert in that before you then move on to lots of different stuff. And so for me, it's, it's, it's really important to do what's on the paper, right? If the mentor says do this, you get it done. You, you do it. 
And if you trust the mentor and you and they are where you want to be, it's something that you really will will see accelerate in your own life. Yeah, you've you've just reminded me of something else I took from your presentation, by the way. And I completely agree with all of that. And I've had a coach and a mentor in all my business life. And that's why I wanted to become a coach uh, when I sort of semi-retired. Mm. But the one of the things you said at the presentation, if it's on the list, it gets done. Yeah. Uh, and I struggle with discipline for exercise. So I've got a list up here. So I'm going to post it note. And one of them is 30 push-ups when I get up and 30 push-ups before I go to bed. Um, every day your voice rings in my head and this is going to sound quietly weird <laughs> that says sebastian says if it's on the list it gets done yeah and since that presentation what was you know six weeks ago perhaps even a bit more 30 push-ups every morning 30 really? push-ups every night it's on the list Amazing. it gets done We're so, uh, yeah so yeah do, do, do you know what there's a there's a really interesting insight on this um I feel like a lot of people don't trust themselves. And the reason they don't trust themselves is because they prove to themselves that they're not reliable. And, yeah. you know, when I, when I look at friends or, or even, you know, business partners or people I work with or suppliers or whatever, if they say they're going to do something and they, and they bail on that, they may not yeah. mind, but you remember it, right? And you're like, ah, oh, you know, that's yeah. that, they're not reliable. Yeah. But the what people often miss with this is yes, they you know you've got a flaky friend there or they're, they're a potentially flaky business partner, or whatever. What people don't realize is the internal translation of that, right? If you say to someone you're going to do something and then you bail on it, you're sending a message to yourself to say that you bail on things you're you say you're going to do. Yeah. And the interesting thing about this is you're basically telling yourself you're not reliable. Yeah. You're basically telling yourself that you can't be trusted. When you set yourself a target like 30 press-ups every day. And one day you don't do it, you're basically telling yourself that you won't necessarily do the things that you promised you will do. Now, the compounding effect of that, we spoke about compounding, is massive. Intriguing, yeah. Because your self-esteem drops. You start to realize you can't, you can't be trusted. Your word doesn't mean as much as it does. So what I find is that I'm I'm completely obsessed with, you know, doing what I say I'm going to do. And um, you know, I'll give you an example, right? Um uh my, my wife says we, we've got this social event coming up and we said yes to, to doing it with some friends and you know maybe we've got something really important the next day and it's going to be a late night it's going to be difficult for us or the day before it's going to be really busy or tricky and you know we should just bail on it and i'll say to her look if we, if we said we're going to do it we're going to do it and that's it and that's my mindset with everything <laughs> right like if it's on the piece of paper it's getting done but that translates into everything in life yeah. You know, and for me, that's discipline. But also you just gain so much confidence from that because you know that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Um, and that's that's one of the one of the most important traits for me. That and I and I seek friendships with people like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and you can sit there content that I sat in the audience, heard that, and I've done it ever since. So uh, yeah, cool. thank you. I love thank, that. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, mission done. So um Final question then, if if you could have your next coffee anywhere in the world with anybody, where would it be and who would it be with? And and ideally somebody that's alive. Okay, are we, are we doing excluding family and friends? Are we doing something? Oh, no, like no, it can be. I, I had one guy, one guy talked about or... his, yeah, I had one guy who during lockdowns talked about having a cup of tea with his mum. On, a, on his on her back garden and it was it brought people to tears listening to it so now 
somewhere that you've you know somewhere special for you uh, and someone that you would like to have that coffee with interesting it's a good question i think i would sit down on the edge of a not right on the edge but on an exit point on, on the edge of a cliff in italy in a place called monte brento yeah. uh, and sit with my family over sunrise watching the sun come up um with you know there's, there's typically a cold wind blowing in the morning there um it's it's an incredible view as the sun comes up over lake garda yeah. um, and for me it's time in the mountain is incredible it has this it has this amazing effect on me and my mindset being in the mountains yeah. and so if i'm gonna have a, a coffee uh, you know, and also to get there, you've got to kind of earn it because it's a it's a several hour <laughs> So you yeah. walk the night and you get there, and then you you sit down with the coffee and you watch this unfold, yeah. and you're a little bit tired, but you've got the endorphins, and you you know because you've you've just been hiking up the mountain for the last few hours. So sitting down there with friends and family, and it's one of those places I've had so many amazing memories, right? And you know, jumping with friends and and yeah. going through a lot of stuff with them. So for me, it would be a really impactful place to have a a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I know from from the story that you shared as well, and uh, it would be good to sit up there and remember past friends as well, wouldn't it? Friends that you have lost as well. Yeah, definitely. So you know, really sitting important. sitting around that exit point with um, with friends I've lost would be would be a you know an amazing experience yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure they'd all be stood there around you in spirit, if nothing else. Great. Well, look, you've you've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for giving us such incredible stories and also giving us some inspiration of what we can do differently with our lives and our businesses and with the people around us and listeners i strongly suggest that you reach out using all the ways that are in the show notes but yeah uh, i think the most valuable lesson i've i've learned from today from that lesson tip is seek one mentor at a time yeah and mm. i think for those of us who are mentors as well we have to appreciate when somebody lets us go to go on to a different mentor for a different aspect of their life, let them go. It's what they need. And I think some what of us that? hang on to two people for too long. What's that, what's that famous quote? When the when the you know when the lesson needs to be learned, the teacher appears, and when the lesson's learned, the teacher, the teacher oh. leaves. Yeah, it's typical Mary Poppins, isn't it? Yeah, and, <laughs> and, 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 and it's interesting, isn't it? And then a lot of Nanny, people, Nanny McPhee, Mary Poppins, it's all those kind. Of, yeah, I think that's a great example. Yeah, but people do people do get you know obsessed with chasing the next course, the next course, the next course, the next mentor. They become course junkies, right? Yeah, and because it feels so good to do a course, you feel like you're learning something, but they haven't they haven't implemented half the stuff. So it's 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 easy to spot some of that. Yeah, yeah. So listeners, do one thing. Write down one thing right now as you finish listening to this that you're going to do within the next week and do it. Do it, with, do it within the next day. Do it like the next one, day. There you go. Write one thing you're going to do within the next week and then just smash it in the next 24 hours. And that will give you a confidence boost that half your goals you can do a lot quicker. How about that? There you go. There you go. And let us know that you've done it as well. Write a review <laughs> of the podcast. Let us know that you've done it. And then we know that our mission here has been accomplished. That's the only thing we can it's been, it's been absolutely great. Really do appreciate it, Sebastian. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. 
Thank you.